Wow, big lineup at the recharge station back there. What, uh, what a good morning so far. It's awesome. Um, what a great God we have. Uh, amazing God we serve. It was cool to hear uh, Tom's story last week. Uh, I share with some with uh, with you afterwards that there's some things that have really been pressing on my heart the last little while, and um, I I, <coughs> I want to share a couple things that that I want our whole church to to hear and to to know. Some of the stuff we might talk about this morning might sound a little familiar to some. If you've been here for a while, if you've been here since day one, you may have heard a few of these thoughts. But as as you look around, there's there's quite a few people here who weren't here on day one. Who was here on day one? Just just sort of uh, maybe a look, see around. Yeah, it, you know what? It used to look like that, too. When you watch the videos, there'd be like a head here and a pew and a head there, and like everything else wide empty, open for, open for business, you know? And uh, uh, just neat to see how, as you've been reaching out to friends and, and that biker gang, boy, they, uh, they took up a good whole pew all by themselves. We, uh, we love it, you know, just reaching out to our world with, with a real Jesus uh, who really loves people. Um, and we put on our sign out there, you know, loving God, loving people, loving life, three somewhat simple simple terms but to live them out uh in, in our everyday life just creates the kind of christian i believe that that he wants us to be people passionate about our god when we worship that's why you see some hands raised you see some clapping you see some feet stomping you see a couple little girls twirling up here because we're going to love our god passionately with our whole heart soul mind and strength because he deserves nothing less those are those are more than words we want to do that loving people the you know the 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 same way in a different way, you know, passionately, you know, we aren't going to dance around for them or whatever, but we're going to, we're going to look at, at people the way God sees them and, and reach out to, uh, to our world around us, realizing that's why we're here. But then uh, the third part is to, um, to love life, um, to really, to love life. And, and I want to, I want to entitle this series that, that we're doing called, What Do You See? I, I brought a little, uh, prop along one because some of the women have been requesting one, um, for, uh, in the foyer, they get in and all windswept and windblown, and, and uh, they, they want one of these. Everybody knows what these are. Everybody's got one. But I just want to challenge you. Take a good look in there for a second and, and just think. You don't tell me out loud, but what do you see? Just, just think. Someone's fixing their hair back there. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks for that. That's what I'm doing. No. <laughs> we can go on now. Um, the, having a good look in the mirror. Most of you did that already this morning at some point. You took a look in the mirror, and, and I want to ask you, you know, what do you see? And here's somewhat of a, of a, tr- a trick question, because part of, um, I want to start with the last part of our, of our mission statement is love and life. I, I want to start there, though it, it never, the, the, order is, the, the order is important. It only works when you love God first and when you love people first, and, and loving life is a part of it. But you know what, I see so many Christians, Christians, people going to heaven who just do not, have this thing called life figured out. There, there's so many things that, that, that they walk around miserable. They, they walk around defeated. They got stuff that's, uh, they're just not enjoying it. Life is not something that they are looking really forward to. It seems like there's more struggles in life than there is victories. It seems like it's tough. And there is, a, there is a, say, a tough element to life. But when Jesus said, I came that you would have life and have it in abundance, it's the whole reason why he came, to give us a life, and then to say, hey, let that life be something that, that's, uh, that's amazing. And what I've come to realize is that a lot of us, and I know because this hits so close to home for me, is that for a lot of our lifetimes, we don't know who we really are. Sometimes we do not realize who we really are. When we look in the mirror, 
We don't know really what to answer. What do we see when we look in the mirror? We're, we're not really sure. I told a story way back, uh, I don't know, a while back. It was about this little lion cub that they found orphaned, and they took him home, and they decided they were gonna, uh, this, this family would raise this little lion cub. And they had a pet poodle named Fifi, and Fifi was the great mom to the lion cub. And every day when Fifi went out and did her business in the lawn, the lion cub would go do the business in the lawn. Fifi would eat elpo, the lion cub would go and eat the elpo. You know, Fifi would bark at the cat, and the lion would bark at the cat, you know, the neighbor's cat. And, you know, the neighbor's Rottweiler on the other side would bark at Fifi, and she'd scurry and run in the house, and sure enough, the lion would scurry and run in the house too. Then one day, the lion grows up and watches TV like all good lions do and sees a lion in Africa chasing down an antelope, swatting it to the ground and eating it. He looks at it, he's like, ooh. He looks at himself, he's like, wow, I look a whole lot more like that than I do like mom. And he's like, well, all of a sudden realizes the lights go on, who I really am. Well, there's no more eating Elpo. No, first off, you'll eat Fifi. There's no chasing the, you know, chasing the cat, just roar, the cat's gone. No more running away from the neighbor's dog. Might as well eat him too, right? Because you realize, I'm a lion. And all of a sudden, it's like when the lights go on, was he a lion the whole time? He was a lion from day one, from the time he was a cub, and yet he lived his whole life, whatever, hindered, not at the potential, because he didn't realize he was a lion. And it's the same way with a lot of us as, um, as believers. We don't, we don't realize who we are. You say, well, that's a nice story, but it's not in the Bible. You're right. But there is one in the Bible. It's about this kid named Mephibosheth. Unfortunate name, I know. Um, you know, he got picked on a lot, I'm sure. But when Mephibosheth, he was born as the son of Prince Jonathan, prince and up, soon to be king of Israel. Unfortunately, his dad dies in battle, and the, the renegade king David is taking over the throne. And this nurse realizes that back in those days, when one king takes over after another king, they don't let their kids live especially the ones with weird names. They don't want to have any association with them. So they kill them all. Well, the nurse realizes Mephibosheth is a dead man. So she picks him up. He's five years old. She starts running off to hide with little Mephibosheth, and she trips and she drops him. She breaks both of his legs. He becomes a cripple from the age of five. As, and they run out to a place called Lodibar, which is in the wilderness, where he hangs out in hiding uh, for all of his life. What he doesn't realize is that before Jonathan passed away, David and Jonathan, the renegade guy who was going to become king and the soon-to-be king, had made a covenant that they would be brothers, that they would take uh, covenant brothers with each other, that what's theirs is, belongs to each other, that I'll take care of your kids, you take care of mine. Well, sure enough, Jonathan dies, leaving his little crippled son who lives in hiding, not realizing that he's entitled to all of the king's table, all of the king's blessings, everything. He's supposed to be, he's supposed to be eating with the royalty rather than eating with the worms. And yet he stayed in that desert for years. He was a full-grown man before somebody real, before David realized, saying, hey, I'm going to go look for this guy. I'm going to go out and find him and say, listen, you know what? If there's any kids of this, my friend Jonathan, I'm going to take care of them. And they're like, well, there is one. His name's Mephibosheth. And even when Mephibosheth, when he found him and said, hey, come to the king's palace, Mephibosheth thought for sure he was going to be killed. That's just what happened. And I think that a lot of times there's a lot of us as Christians who feel just like him. We live our lives not, not feeling worthy of what every promise that it's in this book. Not feeling worthy of being called a king's kid. Not feeling like 
we're worth God's attention. Or why would he even care to look at us? Why would he even really care about us? And we, we live our lives out like that. And what we don't realize is that because we believe that consciously, subconsciously, we make all kinds of dumb decisions in our life as a result of not realizing who we really are. I want to ask you to do something today that might be a little bit tough. But I want you to take a good look in the mirror of life. Not just physical, but I want you to look deep down in your heart and ask you, when I look at myself, do I see a prince? Do I see a king's kid? What do you see when you uh, look in the mirror? I've got a little video clip for you. I bleeped it out so it's kid-friendly. Maybe just kill these lights here. Thanks. It's a little dark, but hopefully you get the idea. Now look in the mirror and tell me what you see. You see Junior. You see Junior. Well, you want to know what I see? I see pride. I see power. I see a bad mother who don't take no crap of nobody. You really see all that? Yeah, man. But it's not about what I see. It's about what you see. Now look in this mirror and tell me again what you see. <clears throat> well, I see... Pride! Pride! Right. Power! Power! See a bad mother who won't don't take, take no, no crap off of nobody. Again! I see pride. Can I hear you? I see power. I see a bad mother who won't take no crap off of nobody. Once again! I see pride. Junior! I see power. I see a bad mother who won't take no crap off of nobody. That's right! right. Junior Bevel. Wait, what? Where are you going? That's right! What do you see when you look in the mirror? People are, uh, are you asking what word got bleeped out? Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm like, that's cool runnings. Cool runnings. What a good movie. Um, that, what do you see when you, when you look in the mirror? See, I, I think a lot of, of us uh, and people in general search, search for significance in life. We want to matter. We want to have, you know, knowledge of purpose in our life. We want to... Um, we want to feel important. We want to know that, uh, that we're significant, that we're remarkable, unique, valuable, worthy of someone's attention. Uh, you know, a lot of times we realize we don't find it in all the areas we look for. Uh, two weeks ago, I was talking with somebody, and they said that at a course they were at, they heard that men find their significance from their jobs. And women tend to find their significance from their family or from their looks. I was like, isn't that interesting? That if, you know, if this is where, where we're getting our significance, our value, or whatever from, if this is what they say, hey, this is kind of what, uh, what it looks like, I, I realize that, you know, God did design us to get our significance, our value, who we are from the outside. Very important point. Might have to write that down. I've been designed to get my significance from outside of, us, of myself. His design was that we'd receive that significance from a relationship with him that just being in a relationship with God would make you feel like king of the world. And yet we have so many that have a relationship with God that, still, that in some many ways are still trying to you know, achieve significance. Because in our planet, in our world, in our culture, we celebrate achievement. When somebody does something, then we celebrate it. And you know, it's crazy, but it, it turns out like this. It's, it's the reason why, you know, after the hockey game, 
um, the guys will sit around in the dressing room and, 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 and they'll brag about the dumbest stuff. I sit there after hockey and, and I hear guys talk about bragging about how much they can drink. Like, I could drink a 2-4 in 2 to 4 minutes. You know, and I'm like, yeah, well, that's nothing. I drink a keg by myself, see? And they're like, you know, it's, they, they talk about all these things as if, if everybody's going to be impressed. But, you know, the next guy, he's not impressed. He's just waiting to tell another lie about how much he can drink. And then they start moving on from how much they can drink to how much they can bench press. And, you know, some of it's the same. I can bench press a keg. You know, I can bench press, like, 500 pounds. I can bench press you in 500 pounds, you know. And they go around the circle. And then after that, they get, they get to the next things. They talk about, you know, uh, their, their conquests. You know, I, out on the, uh, well, out on the ice, they start talking about who they destroyed on the ice with a massive check. And this is like church hockey league, no hitting. And, of course, they got to build it up because nobody saw this massive hit where you threw them over the boards. But they got to talk about and try and impress everybody with that. You know, or, or, or all the girls that they've slept with in their time or, you know, or how hot their, uh, you know, their girlfriend is right now. And they've got all these, these bragging rights. Why? Why, why do we do it? We, sorry, why did they do it? <laughs> it's not a true story. Why, why, do they, why do they do it? Because somewhere inside of us, we think that if someone's going to be impressed with that, you know, they're going to be impressed with us. And it's just reaching out for, for feeling important. You know, women, you're not off the hook either. Women have sort of these, these, you know, these bragging about their kids being smarter than other people's kids. The whole homeschool versus you know, a public school battle. You know, it's like, oh, yeah, but whatever. I, won't even, I don't want to tick off too many of the ladies. But, you know, it's almost like you feel like your kids', your kids um, academic achievements, they reflect on you as a mom. It, you know, if your kids do well, then, then you must be a good mom. The other day, I, uh, we had family over. Family's always fun. Uh, and they're, they're over, and we're sitting there, I'm talking about, and, like, Lincoln's talking up a storm. The kids, is, is he two? No, he's not even two yet. But, I mean... Yeah, my kid, you know. <laughs> you just you just see those moms are like, I don't listen to any more of this. But I just happened to mention it. I was like, wow, man, I can't believe how much Lincoln talks to my sister. And she was like, I'm aware of it, Marcus. And she says, because her kid's two weeks younger than mine, and he says, Mama, Dada. And, and, and but, but, you know, I'm like, it's fine. You know, I'm, it's no big deal. If my kid was on the other side of the fence, I'd be fine. But there's something about that mom that just like, if her family, you know, you don't touch a, you don't touch the family, you know. But there's this, there's sometimes, sometimes. I'm not saying all the time, but sometimes it can be because it's tied to significance. It hits a chord so close to home, because it reflects on them, and they think, you know, they gotta, they gotta brag about things, you know, or or come to church with a brand new purse every week. The, somebody might notice and be like, Ooh, that Gucci, or is that Gucci? Oh yeah, because you know the Walmart Gucci or whatever. But it's um. You know, they brag about their hot husband who pastors at Balmoral. I mean, there's things like, there, there's these things that sometimes people want to, um, want to just, br- to, to, to feel like they're significant, to feel like they matter. And, uh, and uh, she's up here today. I gotta be good behave. <laughs> but our culture around us, if we listen to it, we'll talk about this over and over and over, about idolizing people who achieve certain things. So look at, think about the things like we even call them. We, we don't even try and gloss it over. We call them American idols. <laughs> you know, Canadian idols, these people who achieve superstardom, the actors, the bands, the models, the business owners, even pastors. 
A lot of times we look at these people and we think, wow, they've achieved so much in their life. They must feel significant. They must feel like they're worth something or more. They must feel more valuable than me. They must. And because a lot of times we look at that and our culture shows that, we try and get there. We, we subconsciously end up living our lives trying to become like that. And even though, even though we are kids of a king designed to have significance and just to, to have that relationship with him is more than enough, so often we see Christians still trying to achieve significance somewhere else. It's kind of like that song from you too. I still haven't found what I'm looking for. And yet, when I believe what the gospel message is all about, is that what Jesus came is He came to, to bring significance, importance, value to your life. It can never be achieved. It can only be received by being believed. Your significance, your value, your worth, your importance, it can't be achieved. As long as we try and achieve it, we'll never get there. It can only be received by believing. You know what? Turn to Genesis chapter 3. It started all back in, you know, ever since the first person walked on the planet, Satan's been attacking this very thing in their lives, is their significance. In Genesis chapter 3, it's right at the very first, uh, very first temptation. You know, I'll often think about it, you know, if only Eve hadn't been so all about the food, you know, our planet would be such a different place. But it says this woman... It says in, um, in Genesis chapter 3, it says the serpent was the shrewdest of all the wild animals the, the Lord God had made in verse 1. One day he asked the woman, did God really say you must not eat of the fruit from any of the trees in the garden? And she said, of course we may eat from the fruit of the trees in the garden. It, it says the woman replied, it's only the fruit from the tree in the middle of the garden that we're not allowed to eat. God said you must not eat of it or even touch it. If you do so, you will die. And Satan says to her, he's like, you know what? You won't really die. He says, God knows that your eyes will be open as soon as you eat it, and you will be like God, knowing both good and evil. Right away, he right away starts telling her, if you eat of this tree, you're not going to die like God said. You're just going to be like him. Don't you realize that you could be like God if you would eat of this tree? What Eve, probably blonde, didn't realize... just saying okay delete that from the cd eve not realizing not realizing that she was already like god here the enemy comes and says hey you know what if you do this you'll be like god you will then have achieved some significance but she was already like god if you turn back Um, to Genesis chapter 1 and verse 26, it says, God said, let us make human beings in our image to be like ourselves. They'll reign over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, the livestock. See, he says, my design is they're going to be like me and they're going to reign over everything on this planet. He says they already were going to be like him. They didn't have to do something to eat a fruit to become like him, but she didn't realize it. And it says he's gonna re- she, they're going to reign over everything, even the stuff that, that scurries on the ground or the, the, uh, the animals on the earth and the small animals that scurry along the ground. I like the New King James because it says the creeps that creep on the ground. The stinking creep in the tree, the serpent, who was trying to tell her all this is the, the one thing that should have been under her feet. 
And you know, I see it still happening today is that the enemy still is able to lie, still able to try and get us to try and achieve something to become significant when you already are. He tries to tell you that, that you're, not, you're not the lion cub, that you, that you really are, and that you need to do something to get there. And because of it, we have so many people still trying to achieve something. And, and until then, they never really realize who they are. There's always one more thing. They've got to have a better job before they can feel good about themselves. They've got to lose some weight, just five more pounds. They've got to conquer that bad habit before God will, you know, really bless them. Or they've got to conquer that sin before God really accepts them. They make foolish decisions about life as a result of it. They date idiots. They're, if you're dating an idiot, well... Dating idiots is all right if you break up with them. But, but I, I, how many times do we see it? Where And don't look at me as all like, Ooh, I can't believe he's saying this. Let's talk about real people in real life here who we watch, young girls who have no significance in who they are, don't realize who they are. They go out with the, the, these guys who treat them like dirt and they stay with them. And then they end up marrying them. And we look at them going, Why? Why? Because deep down inside, there's still this sense of, I don't know the unconditional love of God for my life. I'm going to try and find it somewhere else. I'm trying to help you here this morning. I believe that there's way more of us than we realize who fall into these things in certain areas, and our lives are paying for it as a result. I'm not preaching because i got to hear myself talk. I want to I see people's lives actually living like we can see on the sign where it's more than just what we say on Sunday, but that it hits the everyday life where we realize that we are who he says we are. So I want to challenge you again. Take a look in the mirror. What do you see? Because let me tell you what I see. When I look at Kingsway and when I look at the Word of God, what I see is I see champions. I see overcomers. I see winners. I see great husbands. I see fantastic wives. I see amazing dads and amazing moms. I see kings, princes. I see servants of of God. I see God's masterpiece, his artwork. I see saints, the whole place. I see people who are holy, people who are righteous, people who are leaders, world changers is what I see. But it doesn't matter what I see. What do you see? Do you see world changer? Do you see overcomer? Do you see winner? Do you see good husband? Do you see great mom? When you look in the mirror, what do you see? It doesn't matter what I see. It matters what you see. And the Bible's full of stories of people. You're like, I don't know if I see that. I don't know if I believe that about me. I know that the the, the Bible's full of stories of people just like us who didn't really know who they were. Numbers chapter 13 tells this story. The story of the spies, 12 spies who went out to a land of Canaan that God had said, I'm going to give it to you. I'm going to give you a land flowing with milk and honey. It's a fantastic place. Just go get it. So like, okay, well, let's go see how amazing this place is. So 12 guys go out. They start going through all the land looking. And it says they, they, get, to this, they get to this land. They find grapevines, massive grapevines. They pick a cluster of grapes, and it takes two guys to carry it home. It's huge. And they're like, man, this place is amazing. And then they see the people who live there. And, they, and they, they realize these guys are a little bigger than your average dude. You know, they're like huge. 
and they look at themselves and they, they go back and they realize, oh, I don't know, the, the land is good, just like God said. And God said we can take it, but I don't believe that part. I believe it's good, but it's good for somebody else. So they go back and they talk to the whole land of Israel and they come back to everybody and say, yeah, the land is just like God promised. And even though God promised the land would be good and God promised they could take it, they said, you know what? But the inhabitants, they're ginormous. They're huge. They're like, they're like giants that we can't, we can't even hope to conquer them. Compared to them, we're grasshoppers. And so they see themselves when they look in the mirror as grasshoppers. When Jesus said, or God had said to them, hey, you're, you're more than conquerors. You go get that land. And they're like, no, 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 we can't. We are grasshoppers. Today, I want you to say, maybe you look in the mirror and you say, yeah, you know what? Maybe most of the time I feel like a grasshopper. So back to those kung fu movies where they say things like this. You have much to learn, young grasshopper. Today, you have much to learn, young grasshopper. If you look in here and you think grasshopper, you think, you know, life is crushing me. There's two dudes who stood up, Joshua and Caleb, and they said, well, well, wait a second, wait a second. Grasshoppers. The truth is this. That not only can we take it, we are more than able to go and take it because God said it. So let's go do it. We are more than able. You look in the mirror and see more than able. See like ninja grasshoppers if you have to. But look in there and realize it doesn't matter who we are. We got God on our side. And if God's for us, who can be against us? This is the truth about who we are. But guess what? It didn't matter what Joshua and Caleb saw about the people. It mattered what they saw. We all know the story. All of the people who saw themselves as grasshoppers died a grasshopper's death in a desert. They never, ever saw what God had promised them. And yet, two men who believed truth got to walk into a land, not only walk in, but conquer, got the best parts of the land because they believed what God said. So I said, you know, today we can look at something talking about how God sees you what God sees when He looks at you. But you know what? It doesn't even matter what God sees when He looks at you. It matters what you... It matters how you see how God sees you. How do you think God sees you? How do you think God sees you? What do you see when you look in the mirror? Colossians chapter 2, verses 6 and 7 up there yeah man they're good we're not going to get done today but that's okay we'll continue next week colossians chapter 2 verse 6 says this now not tomorrow not a week from now not 10 years from now now it says now just as you accepted christ as your lord you must continue to follow him let your roots grow down into him let your lives be built on him Then your faith will go strong in the truth you are taught, and you will overflow with thankfulness. In Ephesians chapter 3, verse 17, it says in the Amplified, May you be rooted deep in love and founded securely in love. Talking about roots. Well, a couple weeks ago we talked about the vine and the branches, about staying connected to God and being connected to Him, realizing that it will produce fruit in your life. But there are so many issues in our life that we've got roots into. We got roots in 
an image. We got roots in, in other people's opinions. In a recent study, it said that only 56% of 12-year-old girls like their looks. Just over half. But by the time they turn 15 to 17, 90% of them want to change something. Why? Because the world says, but hear that, the world says that your significance comes from these things. And people have bought into the lie and believe that that's true and desperately want to change those things. 30% of normal weight girls feel like they're overweight because they don't believe that God loves them just as they are. There's so many times where, well, talking about gals, the women who, uh, they can't go out anywhere unless they got everything in perfect order. Some of them, it's, it's uh, some of it's guys too. It's a two-hour process in the, in the morning in front of a mirror to make sure that everything is perfect before you leave the place. Because heaven forbid somebody should see you without makeup. There's, there's women who think that they're ugly if they don't have makeup on. When there's a God who says that you're beautiful, created in my image, perfectly and wonderfully made, but we buy into the lie that it's got to be more than that. That there's name brand clothing that's got to be purchased in order to fit in or impress people. Plastic surgery, million, multi-million dollar <laughs> operation. Now, because people have bought into this thing of they weren't created good enough, they've got to change something about themselves. There's a song by Bruno Mars. Anybody heard that? Just the way you are. I shouldn't try and sing it because I can't sing that high. I don't know how any guy sings that high. But um, he, he talks about, you know, the girl who's, who he likes her just the way she are. But the way, just the way she are. Blah, just the way she is. You know, it's uh, that she doesn't have to change anything about herself. That she's perfect. And these girls, they swoon over this song because they all want a guy who would love them just as they are. Well, the other night I told my wife how hot she was. She wasn't wearing makeup. She was in her you know, grubby clothes, and she thought I was joking. And I was just like, I mean, I think my wife is smoking. She's one hot mama. You know, it's all the time. And, and I didn't want nothing even. I just was like, I just want to tell her that I thought she's... Uh, I, I, just, I, just wanted, I just wanted her to know that I think that she is super attractive to me. And she thinks I'm joking because she wants somebody who loves her just the way she is. But then when I compliment her, she won't believe me. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's in that song because, you know what, I think somewhere, and I'm not saying this about, but sometimes there's deep down inside, we don't really believe those things. That somebody can just love us the way we are. Wondering why those Twilight movies are such a hit. I'm like, you watched every one of them? These, <laughs> no, I'm just saying these Twilight movies, but they're, they're like huge. And we are sitting around one day going, why the heck does people want to watch movies about vampires? One of my buddies told me, hey, this is such a sweet movie. You guys should watch it. So we went to his house. It was Ruben. Yeah. <laughs> so so we're, 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 it was me and Jordan and Ruben. We're sitting there and we're like, we should watch, you know, what kind of movie should we watch? And he's like, oh, this movie's awesome. Rent it. So we like, we rent Twilight and we're sitting there and Jordan and I, all of a sudden, conveniently, after the opening credits, Ruben gets a phone call, I think from Mel, and uh, he goes upstairs to talk to her and Jordan and I sit there together on a couch under the blanket watching 
Twilight. Waiting! When is it gonna get good? It never did. And then we thought, that is the dumbest movie ever. No one's ever gonna watch it. And yet it is massively popular. The girl, she's gonna date or go out or fall in love with a vampire. Of all things, you talk about dating idiots. Here's one of these things where it's like, I want to suck your blood. It's not like the guy who you want to spend the rest of your life with. And yet, why is it? Because this guy loves her just for who she is. And that thought process, that thing, it's in us. It's in every one of us that we want that, that unconditional love, that somebody loves us just the way we are, that somebody thinks you're important, that someone thinks you're unique, that someone thinks you're incredible, that someone thinks you're amazing, that someone thinks you're awesome just the way you are. God designed us that way that we realize that He feels that way about every single one of us. He feels that way about you. Here's who you really are. No matter what you feel, can you give me three minutes? We'll finish the rest next time, but it's not just the girls. I can't just leave it just with the girls. Guys are the same. Certain guys, I just, I just read that one of the biggest things right now is um, uh, for implant surgery, it's in your calf for guys. They get calf implants because they think that's like, you know, pretty amazing. I'm weird, eh? Brazil. Um, but... Uh, these, the plastic surgery, but it says 7 out of 10 guys in the same study wanted to change something about their appearance. You know, if, you're, if, you're, if your value and your worth is tied in there, if your roots are in appearance, it matters. When I was picked on as a kid for having freckles, it matters. You try and scrub these things off, you just get face burned. You know, it just doesn't, you can't get them off. But you know what? When you start realizing that, hey, I, I am this way, uh, I have these things, if your roots are in what other people think of freckles, boy, it can be devastating to a young guy. Turned me into that crazy hair monster where I told you before, you know, I'd use gel, hairspray, and mousse every single day in the mirror for, I was the two-hour in the mirror guy, to make sure that it was perfect. Three little hooks, hard as a rock. Nobody could, you know, affect and change. I was like that when I started at Sweet's Corner still. I had this thing about it, it's got to be perfect. Never a second chance to make that first bad impression. So I made sure it was always right there. But um, you know what? You realize my roots were tied into that. Anybody messed up my hair, I'd cry. 18 years old was the last time that happened. You know? <laughs> no word of a lie. Messed up my hair at Bible school, and I went home at recess, and I didn't go back. I wasn't going to go back. But because, you know what? My roots were in appearance. And some of you laugh. I'm like, ha-ha, I'd never do that. Sure. Sometimes it's those things where like, something that doesn't look quite right. If, if your roots are in it, uh, you're gonna, there's, there's more to it than that. Because this is who God says you really are. When you look in the mirror, what do you see? Do you see those kind of things? Do you see imp- imperfections? Do you see, you know, the five extra pounds? Do you see, uh, nobody could love this face. This is a face for radio. What do you see when you look in, what do you see when you look in the mirror? Let me tell you when, you know, James talks about another kind of mirror. It says you look in the Word of God. We talked about it. God said, you know what? I'm going to create you in my image. One time I was talking to the youth and saying, hey, we you know, what, a, what does God look like? Well, if I'm created in His image, then He's probably, you know, got some dirty brown spiky hair, dashing smile, gorgeous blue eyes, you know, like faux hawk and a little soul patch. You know, and if not, 
I mean, he likes that kind of stuff. I'm, he created us in his image. He wanted us to be like him. God created you. And it doesn't say he just created you. It says he says he decided to make you in his image, but then he crafted you in the womb. You weren't an accident. You weren't just, you know, mom and dad's decision. God was there crafting and putting everything together as you were being knit in the womb. It talks about in Psalm 139, Stephen Curtis Chapman wrote a song, You're Covered in the Fingerprints of God. What you look, when you look at yourself, there's more than just this one. But if your significance is tied up in your looks, I'd like you to realize that what God sees is, is something different. In Cool Runnings, there's a line later on, the coach cheats in the movie. I'm going to give it away a little bit. Sorry if you haven't seen it yet. You had 20 years to watch it. It's, it says that, it says to, he says to this coach, he says, coach, you cheated. And the coach said, you know, I was never enough without the gold medal. And he said to him, how will I know if I'm, you know, good enough without the gold medal? He says, if you're not good enough without that gold medal, you'll never be good enough with it. And it's the same thing for us. If you're not good enough, if you're not okay enough in the, in the love of God for your life, if you're not okay to walk outside your home in your track pants and, you know, a scrunchie in your hair, you know, if, if, if you're not okay with that, then you're never going to be okay when you got it all together, when you figure you got it all. It's just, it's just a facade. I want to challenge you to look in the mirror and see what God sees. He says this, I see a child, my child. When I look at you, I see my prized possession. I see my masterpiece. I see someone I've created in my image. But it doesn't matter what he sees. What do you see? What do you see? When you look at yourself, what do you see? Is your significance tied up in something else? Because there is a God who absolutely is in love with you, who thought that heaven and all the gold and all the angels was worth leaving to come down here because he loved you so much to rescue you. Say, you know what? I'm going to give these people a chance to live life, to live it right, to not be tied up and chasing all that kind of other stuff. I want to leave you with something today. If you can take this and just quickly pass, pass those down, take one, pass one down. I want to challenge you. You don't have to, but I've done all that I can do. I want to challenge you to take a 25-day challenge with me. 25 days of looking in the mirror and seeing who we really are. $5.99 at Walmart if you need a mirror. This bad boy. Let me just read down. And I, I, don't, want you to do, I don't want you to do the whole list in one day. Some of you are like those type A personalities, like, I could do this before I go home. You know, I read all those, no problem. Take one a day. Make it your Facebook status. Encourage one another, whatever. But read it. Put it on your mirror so that it's somewhere where you see it, where, where you realize, say, you know what, maybe I've looked at my life and maybe I, don't, maybe I don't see who I really am. Maybe my life could be so much more if I realize some of these things. Let me just zip down through. These are all truth about you. When you look in the mirror that the, James calls the Word of God the mirror, it says, I'm a new creation in Christ. Everything old has passed away. It's gone. It's, today is new. I'm God's child. I'm God's friend. I'm righteous because of Christ. I'm loved unconditionally. I'm not guilty and I'm not condemned. I'm right with God. I'm His masterpiece. He's not finished with me yet, but I am complete in Him. I'm a saint. I'm holy. I can not be separated from His love. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. The same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives inside of me. 
fantastic, phenomenal thoughts for those who believe them. That's what he sees. What do you see? Let's pray. Father, I just thank you for your word. I thank you that it's light to our our path, that it it leads us in the the ways of righteousness, that it tells us who we really are. God, my prayer today is that that part of this, some part of it would just sink deep into our hearts that as we look at who we are over these next 25 days, that we'd realize that who we are in you. Father, and I pray for just the lights to come on in people's lives and that their lives would be lived differently as a result. Jesus, we love you. Thank you for giving us life. Thank you for bringing us into this family that we are brothers and sisters together. Help us to get our roots deep into you and deep into your love. Lord, that we might live our lives as a result of it, knowing that we walk this planet as King's kids, unconditionally loved, with a mission and a purpose given by you alone. God, I pray your safety and protection over every family, your peace, love, and hope in their homes. Uh, It's in your name we pray. Amen. Take that home with you.